Welcome to Copyright Clearance and his podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, January 26th, 2018. Our weekly guest on the show is Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer. Welcome back, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. So the year is off to a strong start for U.S. trade book publishers, Andrew, and for booksellers, too, we hope, owing to the cable news frenzy over Michael Wolff's fire and fury inside the Trump White House. As for Europe, the Federation of European Publishers reported this week their final sales data for 2016, and an official there declared the worst is over, at least from a business perspective. So tell us what we've learned and how 2018 is shaping up for the book world in Europe. Sure. So absolutely right. The Federation of European Publishers this week released its latest statistical report covering 2016. And that report aggregates data from 29 national publishing associations across Europe. And as you said, indeed, the the FEP's deputy director and economist Enrico Turin told reporters that the general feeling in Europe uh, among publishers is that the worst is over. And that, of course, refers to years of falling sales resulting from the 2008 financial crash and, of course, the uncertainty that came with the introduction of ebooks. Turin says that the five largest European markets, that's Germany, the UK, France, Spain, and Italy, all reported increases in publishers' turnover in 2016. Overall, the report indicates that total annual sales for reporting members was about 22.3 billion euros. That's about $28 billion. Um, and that's about flat with 2015. Uh, so another example there, of course, of a flat being the new up. Uh, when, when you have flat revenues, that's good news. The worst is over. Um, the report also indicated that sales of ebooks now represent just 6% of overall sales for traditional publishers, though, again, uh, growth in ebook sales in Europe also flat. In all, I think there was like just under 600,000, 590,000, I believe, new titles that were published in 2016. Uh, and that's up a little bit over 2015. And European publishers also have a backlist of approximately 22.5 million titles, uh, of which some 4 million are digital-only publications. But still, uh, in his statement, Turin remained cautious about the future, noting that the broader, longer-term trends for publishers uh, show a little bit of uncertainty. Okay, so interesting, Andrew. We've seen some uh, positive notes in that report you just gave us. Yet, as you say, there's a degree of uncertainty in the business that will likely persist in Europe going forward. So tell us why. Yeah, a few reasons, I think. And first, because of the political uncertainty that is still roiling the world. Brexit, of course, but also the rise of nationalist movements around Europe, uh, which we've discussed pretty much at length over the last two years uh, from the Frankfurt and London book fairs. And while the global economy is rebounding, growth is still pretty sluggish. Uh, And the other part of this, of course, is that while print enjoyed something of a resurgence over the last few years, that now appears to be topping out. In the UK, for example, print sales um, have declined almost 3% in volume, though revenue is about flat. And though the digital future, even though it's pretty much well established now, it's still in its early days. And it remains to be seen what's really going to come next on that front, especially in Europe. And I say especially in Europe because unlike in the US, e-commerce is not as well developed in terms of buying books and all kinds of restrictions apply to companies like Amazon. In fact, specifically Amazon that restrict their ability to grow. You know, I remember in 2009, Brian Murray at the Frankfurt Book Fair said that 100% of the growth in publishing came from digital. Well, publishers have actively moved to slow down that growth in order to preserve their print markets over the last few years. Uh, and for the last few years, that seems to have worked. 
print was inching back up. But now that print is apparently coming back to earth again, publishers may have to rethink their positions on what's next in digital. But of course, I'll have much more to report on that on next week's podcast. When Beyond the Book returns, PW's Andrew Albanese reviews with us his itinerary for an upcoming trip to Oslo, the Norwegian capital. I'm Christopher Keneally with Copyright Clearance Center's Beyond the Book. Publishers Weekly Radio has the very best in book talk directly from New York City, the heart of the book publishing world. I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. And I'm Rose Fox. I'm a Senior Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Join us every Friday for a full hour of exciting author interviews, best-selling books, and expert reports on the nuts and bolts of publishing. Every week, we make sure that you have the inside story of your favorite story. Take a listen at PublishersWeekly.com slash PWRadio. I'm Christopher Keneally for CCC's Beyond the Book with Andrew Albanese of Publishers Weekly. It's Friday, January 26th, 2018. And next week, Andrew, you plan to report to us from Oslo, Norway, where you'll be attending an annual meeting of book publishing reporters from around the globe. Tell us about that meeting and what you expect to hear from your comrades in books. Yeah, it's always one of my favorite trips of the year. Every year, first week of February, I head to Europe for two days of meetings with the editors of international publishing magazines like PW. And it's always fascinating to hear about the global publishing market. And not just Europe. Uh, our group also has members from China and Japan as well. Although I don't think I'm going to see them in Oslo uh, next week. Uh, this year's meeting is being hosted by my good friend, Vebjorn Rohn, who is the owner and editor of Book 365, which... We call the Norwegian PW. <laughs> and and if, you, if you like, I'm sure Vebjorn will be very happy to join us uh, next week on the podcast. Um, I'll certainly invite him. Uh, and I won't go into too much detail about what I expect to hear next week. We have had some preliminary discussions ahead of our face-to-face meeting next week. But generally, I'm really eager to hear about the various ways our European counterparts are handling the challenges that we all face as part of the book business. And also how their governments are responding to certain challenges and whether those ideas and strategies might be worth discussing uh, for publishers here in America. I mean, it's not likely we're ever going to see fixed pricing laws for books in the U.S. like we see in Europe, but there are a lot of other ways that the government can support publishers. And I'll give you one quick example that came up in our discussions this week in Italy, where book sales are, are up, they're on the upswing, and publishers have benefited from a governmental program called Bonus Cultura. Uh, that's an e-card uh, worth 500 euros that was given to all young people who was resident in Italy who were 18 years old or older in 2016 to be spent for cultural products and events. That's books, music, or tickets to the opera or to the cinema, uh, museums, etc. Uh, my Italian counterpart, Simonetta Pion, reports that about 600,000 young people spent about 163 million euros on books thanks to that program. So I look forward to hearing more from my friends and fellow publishing reporters about their takes on their publishing markets, how the book business is doing, and uh, programs like this one in Italy. Well, you know, if we ever tried that in the, in, in, in the United States, Andrew, it would be all about defining what we mean by culture. And uh, I don't think we would ever come to a conclusion on that. And certainly back here in the U.S., uh, the book business uh, rolls on. And uh, in January, every year, the American Booksellers Association's Winter Institute convenes. This year, the 13th Winter Institute is in Memphis. And PW reporters are there. In Monday's issue, you'll give us a full account. But it's already been reported this week that there is has been the launch of a new independent publishers association in tandem with the Winter Institute. And why would they schedule the debut of a new association like that at an ABA meeting? 
Yeah, th- that's right. There's some 50 professionals from 65 independent presses were part of the Winter Institute gathered in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, they gathered on Monday afternoon, just before the Winter Institute officially began, for a meeting of this fledgling independent publishers caucus, the IPC, we'll call it. In my opinion, this is a much needed advocacy organization that was actually conceived at the 11th Winter Institute in 2016 in Denver uh, by Seven Stories publisher Dan Simon and Beacon Press associate publisher Tom Howell. Uh, and the IPC is currently in an incubation phase under the aegis of the American Booksellers Association, whose CEO, Oren Teicher, welcomed the group to this year's Winter Institute, saying that while the ABA has no interest in becoming a publisher's association, they're delighted to, the ABA is delighted to help the IPC get off the ground. Uh, as part of its growth, Simon this year announced that the IPC has now begun seeking institutional support for its initiatives uh, and needs between $25,000 and $50,000 in order to move to the next stage and hire part-time staff. And I'm happy to add that Publishers Weekly has extended a promise of financial and advertising support to the organization, which currently has about 100 members for the next three years. Uh, The organization also plans to start charging dues this year. Uh, Currently, the IPC has three committees under its General Steering Committee umbrella, uh, Finance, Communications, and Advocacy, but there are plans to add a fourth on diversity. And I think that's this is all great stuff. You know, as we've discussed so often on this podcast, we really are in a golden age for independent presses. And so many of the world's most daring and innovative stuff is now coming from small presses. And that's presses who aren't chasing celebrity memoirs or throwing able to or willing to throw big money at blockbuster commercial fiction. And with the voices and priorities of these indie presses not always represented by the larger trade groups, uh, I'm really hopeful that the IPC can bring forth a wider array of, view, a wider array of views uh, from the publishing industry. That can only be a good thing. Well, one voice we enjoy hearing every week is yours, Andrew Albanese, on CCC's Beyond the Book. Thanks so much for joining us. Andrew Albanese, Publish Weekly Senior Writer, and enjoy your trip to Oslo. My pleasure, as always. Coming up next on Beyond the Book, independent journalist Sherry Hugh is a self-styled proud citizen of the music tech macrocosm. In her Water and Music newsletter, as well as columns for Forbes and Billboard, she offers insights at the intersection of music, technology, creativity, and business. A visit on Christmas Eve to Manhattan's Amazon Books store in Columbus Circle prompted her to see into the future of the music business, driven by an ingenious reversal of skeuomorphism, or the of making digital objects represent their real-world counterparts. The future of music is like Amazon Books with Sherry Hugh, next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global leader in content management, discovery, and document delivery solutions. Through its relationships with those who use and create content, CCC and its subsidiaries Rights Direct and Nexus drive market-based solutions that accelerate knowledge, power publishing, and advance copyright. Beyond the Book co-producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. Thank you.